Hey father, hey son, making a podcast sure sounds fun. Set up the mics, grab a cup of joe, and let's see how it goes. All right, welcome back again. I'm Matt, that's Steve, and today we were thinking about personal Bible study. Um, this this is something that has been Dad's mantra. It has been his um, slogan. It is a logo. It's on the front of his truck. It's on his journal. It's on everything, and that is stay in the Word. And the, the full phrase is? Well, what I say is you need to stay in the Word, but I ask my students weekly, how many of you are have and are proud of the fact you've read God's Word every day for the last four, five, six, seven days. I asked them to hold up their hands, and at the end of that, I, I will tell them this, that if you will get into God's Word, God's Word will get into you, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. You know, there's not a lot of guarantees left in this world, but that one, I guarantee you, God's Word will impact you if you will get into it. So you've got a lot of ministries and a lot of ministers over the years. you got some that just really emphasize um, you know, evangelism, some that really emphasize, um, you know, they, they emphasize fasting or prayer or, or whatever, all these different things, all of which are great, but you can't do everything as your primary focus. And your primary focus has always been the word of God and as stay in the word. Now, what I wanted to do is twofold. Number one, um, I wanted to ask you, why stay in the Word, why Scripture is pinnacle and utmost in your heart and in your ministry. And then I wanted to get into some very practical things of, so what do you do to make it that priority? Okay, first question, of why why is that that important or how did I come to that conclusion or whatever? Uh, not being raised in a Christian home, and uh, I, was, I was the creaster, as I've said before. I went Christmas and Easter. I didn't know anything about the Bible my family loved me. I love my family, but we didn't go to church, so we didn't we didn't do anything other than those two holidays. My favorite thing is, and I've told this story too, is how you really couldn't figure out. You couldn't remember. Wait a second, December, Jesus is a baby, and then March and April is thirty three. <laughs> how did this happen? Because I didn't know any of the gaps in between. Because I didn't read the Bible, we didn't go to church. I knew Christmas. I knew Easter. Maybe knew David and Goliath because a kid killing a giant was kind of cool, but I didn't know anything. <laughs> in fact, true story, uh, now I'm older, and that's okay, but when I was in school back 100 years ago, um, when I was in the first grade, we had to do an assembly. All the classes had to do an assembly. So when we were doing the assembly, we had to stand up, and as a group, we had to quote this poem. And it started off with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. I didn't know that was in the Bible. <laughs> I, I thought it was a poem that we were we were quoting because I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know it was scripture. And, and that is true because we didn't go to church. So fast forward, uh, I become a Christian as a teenager. I don't know what I've gotten myself into. I, I really don't. I, I'm thinking, okay, Jesus was a Jew. I'm now a Christian. Am I supposed to become a Jew? Because I don't know. So I said, I'm going to find out. 
So I started reading the Bible. I started studying the Bible. Uh, I go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think I started in John because John 3.16, I'm sure, was part of my salvation experience. And I found out that you describe Jesus so many different ways because he's so magnificent. He's wonderful. He's all these things. And he's the Lamb of God, and he's the bread of life, and he's the light, and he's the door, and he's the way, he's the truth. I just got excited about it. So I started reading the Bible even as a young Christian because I didn't know any other way. So that's where it all started for me is that I worked on being in the Word. I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just thought as a Christian, because I didn't go to church, I thought all Christians read their Bible. Come find out later, that's not true. Naive. Yeah, well, what I know? So I started going to Bible studies, and I couldn't get enough because when I was saved— and gave my life to Jesus, it was as real as it real can be. And I had ups and downs, you know, mountains, valleys, failures, mess-ups, all that stuff, because we're all human. But I never doubted Jesus, never doubted the Word. Now, there's some Christians that hurt my feelings, that kind of stuff. But I always stayed true to what the Bible had to teach me. And I always wanted to read the Bible. And I can remember going to a revival, and there was this pastor and he kind of looked like Clark Kent. Okay. Okay, so okay. there's your vision, the glasses, <laughs> hair slicked back and stuff. And he just had a mantra of what he would say. He said, everybody should have BBB, not the Better Business Bureau. What does that have to do with it? Because I don't know. They said, no, Bible before breakfast. Okay, well, I don't know. So, okay, I'll try that. Well, I'm in high school. If you're in high school, you get up, you you, you might brush your teeth or your hair or shower and grab something, and out the door you go, I it just wasn't practical for me. So I decided, okay, well, I'll read at night. That was a disaster. <laughs> I would lay down at night with all intentions to read the Bible and wake up next morning, you know, have the book of James on my forehead or, <laughs> or the Bible somewhere in there because I just fall asleep and I wasn't getting anything out of it. So it took me a long time and I just, I'd read, but. I just didn't have a consistency, but that's how I started all that. And one of the things, if you are a person who is struggling like that, don't get discouraged and quit because a lot of times we're like, well, I just can't do it. I, I'm not a morning person. Not everybody is. Well, I'm not an evening person. Okay, Find what works for you. And because it works for somebody, it may not work for somebody else. You may be a, if you're a stay at home mom, you may be, maybe you've got little kids, morning nap time or afternoon nap time. That's a great time to do it. Um, I know that's a great time to do other things as well, but this has got to be a priority. So, uh, what is um, what's your current routine? You know, you're a morning person now. Now, yes, <laughs> I am as well. Uh, it's so funny. Um, it's my sister, uh, and she would tell you uh, I am telling the truth. She is not a morning person. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> she used to come up. We'd be sitting. I'd be sitting at the breakfast table, and she would turn the light off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm using this. She'd grunt something, and I would realize that's the end of the conversation. But it, it doesn't. That's okay, but now you are a morning person now, and so your routine is in the morning. Right, and this this developed probably about 20 years ago, and so it's not a, a thing that I did all the time, but in the last 20-plus years, this has been my routine of getting up early in the morning, and this just works for me, and, and, and I've asked, other people have asked me, how do you do it, what do you do? 
do what works for you. This is what work, works for me. Right. This, the whole point of this is not, hey, this is what Steve does. This is the only way to do it. Or this is what Steve does. Go ye and do likewise. <laughs> no, that's, that's not that. the plan. It's just sometimes hearing what somebody else does and somebody that you admire, like I admire you and your your work ethic and your your relationship with Jesus and, and studying the word, it, it makes me go, okay, I'm not going to do exactly what you do, but what can I glean from what God's doing in you? Sure. And... Uh, because of ministry, one of the things that I've done with social media in the morning is the very first thing I do in the morning is that I will see what the Bible app or Bible version or whomever it may be, they vote, they post a verse of the day. Yeah, the version Bible app. Yeah, absolutely. And I will take that particular one and I'll read the version or read what they've put out. I may do a different version uh, of the scripture. Uh, I'll then take and post the verse of the day on social media, put it on two different social medias because of students on one and adults on the other yeah. one. And I can post them both at the same time. And I normally put a caption with that verse. Let's just say it's John three sixteen, where God so loved the world. Uh, I may Post it, make you know, make the real pretty picture, and then the caption may say, "God so loved the world," or "He thinks the world of you," and post something on there. And it's amazing the number of people then that will will make comments or look back at it. It doesn't make me spiritual. I did that just so I made sure that the students in my student ministry could see the word every single day. And that's been going on for years and years. So that's the first thing I do. And that's usually even before the morning cup of coffee. I mean, I I, I haven't even had my morning coffee yet. So my devotional time for me, and I have the luxury to do this, so I understand this doesn't work for everybody. I got that. But here's what works for me. I grab my morning cup of coffee. I get my uh, journal. I get my Bible. I may get my devotional. And I have one of two places that I go to. In the winter months, it's in my, my recliner. I have a light, and I have a stack of materials beside my, beside my chair. In the spring and fall, and it's not too cold, I go into the breezeway of my house and I can watch the sunrise. And what I will do then is uh, I just open up, just pray for a second. Lord, just show me something this morning. It's so good. I, I just talk to him like I'm talking to you. You know, uh, it's it's so good that you're meeting with me this morning. I get a chance to be with you. I, I don't feel worthy of this, but and I just talk to him. And I can't go into all the details. We just talk, and, and then I'll read and I'll read the scripture first. And after I read that scripture, what I do then is after I've read the scripture, I start thinking about what is it God's speaking to me about in this particular scripture. When I journal, and I and I believe in journaling, I'll write that down. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But I will journal down. I'll write the date and the time and the day, the scripture, and 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 write all that down the heading. And then I just start talking to the Lord. I I write out a prayer to Him. Oh. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all is in me. Bless your holy name out of Psalms. And, or just, Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people. I get a chance to be in your presence. And Father, I'm in your presence. Your presence is, and I'm, I'm writing this down to him because I don't think we praise him enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm praising him. And then I usually go into, Lord, thank you for what you've shown me today. And I'll write down what God has shown me from this text that I've just read. Might be one verse, maybe several verses. And it's amazing if I'm reading a journal or if I'm reading a devotional of somebody else, I may have gotten something totally different out of it because it's not what he has written or she has written. It's what God has written that I really want to get. And I'll write down all those various things that God has shown me and just praise him for it and how I can apply that to my life the rest of that day. 
And then the last part of it, I will do prayers and prayer requests. I pray for my family and uh, all six grandchildren. The day they were born, they went in my journal. I prayed for them by name the very first day that they would be saved, that they'd be born again, all six of them. And as they gave their life to Christ, they moved from my in my journal from being prayed for for salvation to that they would grow. Mm-hmm. And now that all six grandchildren have committed their life to Christ, I don't even have to list, list them by name. Lord, may my family become radical Christians in you. And for me, because it's personal between me and God, I sign my name at the end of it. You know, there's a song out that God signs his name at the end of the day. Well, I sign my name at the bottom of it because it's my letter to the Lord. And there's nothing in there that's flowery. There's nothing in there. You know, if I'm frustrated, I tell God. If I'm mad, I tell God. If, if my wife and I are you know, kind of at odds, I tell God. I don't tell everybody else. Uh, if my knucklehead son's doing something, I write that in there. Uh, <laughs> what? You know, it's, just, it's just me and God. And that has become one of those moments that I look forward to every day to spend that time with the Lord. And it's, it's just a wonderful time for me. I think one of the things that's very important is to be honest. Quit trying to write for what you think other people are going to read. Someone may never read this book. Right. Someone, it, it, you're, you've got to stop thinking because there was a time where I was writing. I was like, you know, one day when my grandchildren pick up this journal and they read, stop that. Your grandkids may not care that you ever wrote anything. Absolutely. So quit thinking about yourself and your your you know, uh, your future progeny or whatever. You just you and Jesus. Just write down your relationship yep. with Him because that's all that really matters. Now, writing things down. You've you, you've mentioned your journal. Uh, several times you've mentioned writing things down. Um, you and I are, are pen and notebook kind of guys. Like we just we love our pens, we love our notebooks. Um, you know, fountain pens and different types of paper and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we are nerds. That's okay. Um, tell me about the the evolution of your writing. Um, you know, when I was in high school, you and I have talked about this before. I can remember I had steno notebooks, top spiral bound steno notebooks. And that's what I would do in my Bible study and where I'd, I'd write it down and then, you know, flip to the next page or whatever. I was not very consistent in it. Um, I would read almost every day, but it became, for me, it became a very legalistic of, oh no, I haven't read today. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. I read today. I can't. And, 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 for me, I, I took a lot of uh, legalism into it. Not your fault, mine, of course. Um, but what is yours? Because you started out kind of the same way with your writing. Yeah. And how did it evolve? Where are you now? That kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, as I said, I started this when I was in high school, or at least made an attempt to. And I would have a an old school notebook. I'm not talking about old school school notebook. And I would have, you know, loose leaf in there and try to keep up with it. Then I got a smaller loose leaf notebook, try to keep up with it. And then I had spiral notebooks, couldn't keep up with those either. And, and I was, wasn't consistent because I could never keep up with a notebook. They all look the same. And when you're going to school, they all look the same. And if you happen to have taken it to school with you and you're at a notebook paper, you take notes on it for a class and so it was just terrible. I was across the board. Now, um, what really sold it for me was when you go into Scripture where David says he's going to buy the, the threshing floor, mm-hmm. and the guy says, I'll just give it to you. David said, no, 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 no. I will not sacrifice anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me anything. And so that resonated with me. So for Christmas that year, we drew names of family. Your your cousin, Ben, I don't even think Ben knows this, but I asked him, I said, I want a leather journal. Leather. I know it's a little bit more expensive. It was a Christmas present, so it wasn't going to cost me anything, but it cost somebody something. So he gives me this leather journal. 
Well, now that's expensive. And that January, because I got it at Christmas time, I started journaling in the leather journal. And I made it every day, all the way through until I ran out of pages. So now I go to the store and I find a leather journal cover that's refillable. Ooh, that leather journal cost me some money. I can keep up with it. And in that journal, it even had a place for a couple of pens, and I could put some extra paper, and then the journal stayed in it. It all tied up. And it was about the size of my Bible. So it wasn't big, wasn't small. It's leather, and it costs something. I used that for years because I could take the journal insert out, and I would write the date I started on it, the date I ended on it by year or month, and then start the next one. And then they were all consistent on the bookcase. So I could go back and say, when I was moving or thinking about moving in 2008, what, what was my thought process? What was going on? I could go back and tell you where I was in the Word. I could tell you what was going on. I could also tell you what time of day mm-hmm. uh, that I was reading the journal or reading the Scripture that day because I would write down the time. And from that, I uh, did that for a number of years until those were discontinued. Sure they were. Always. Always. <laughs> but I found a company... I won't mention the name, but I found a company, and they have a high-dollar, good-quality, really good leather journal, and it's refillable. And those refillable inserts will not be discontinued because of the name brand. And it costs a lot of money. In fact, I didn't even buy the first grade. I couldn't afford the first grade, so I bought, you know, give me one that's a second that's roughed up because it's going to look like that when I get done with it anyway. But I did have them put on the spine of it, hashtag, S-I-T-W, stay in the word. It closes with a pen. I always have a pen with me that way when I do my journal. It's about the size of a Bible. The two go hand in hand. It's not real thick, but that one is one that I continue to use as well. And the paper's really good. And Matt mentioned uh, uh, using fountain pens. I, I started using fountain pens in it, not because I'm old. I mean, I am, but that's not why I started doing it. But there's something about using a fountain pen. First, it makes you write slower. It also makes you think about what you're going to say. And I do it in cursive, and my handwriting was atrocious when I started. My cursive handwriting has improved because I do it more often. And that is what I started doing, and that's what I do today. In fact, even as we sit here recording this, I have my journal with me, mm-hmm. and a few about a year ago, I asked someone if they would help me, and they did. They made me, made me a logo, and it says "Stay in the Word" on it. And I had someone engrave that, a family member, and they engraved it on the front of the journal for me. Why? Because I believe as Christians, everything we need is in the Word. To stay in that Word, to read the Word, but to journal the Word, and that's what I started doing, and it has just really, truly helped me a lot. And so, one of the things I think the word I, I, that comes to mind is investment. Is that you're going to use what you spend the money on? Now, we're not sitting here saying advocating. All right, go go take three hundred dollars, and but no, no, well, just. Whatever you're going to do, do it. Some if you spend a little bit of extra money, you're going to take it more seriously. Um, this is why, like, if you if you're going to go to counseling, like Christian counseling and stuff, you need to pay for it. Why? Because well, you need to to minister to the people that are ministering to you, but also because if you're putting your money into it, you're going to take it more seriously. Now, why do you write? Like, what is it about writing? And and I know that you were t- you were telling me something I didn't even know that um, for years 
my dad has tried to get my mom to journal and she wouldn't. She just couldn't. She was like, I just can't do it. I just, you know, I'll write a page and then I quit. And then I just, I just, I just can't do it. And then, um, in the last couple of years that changed. Yeah. She, she has started to journal as well. And, uh, and I'll tell you about that in just a second, but I think that when you journal, what it causes you to do when you write, it's been proven like in a sermon on a Sunday, if you listen to it, you're going to retain maybe 10% in two days, yeah. maybe, and I would say 5%. <laughs> but if you see it on the screen and listen, it goes up. But if you listen, you see it, and you write it, you're, you're more likely to, re- to retain over 50% of everything that's been in there. So when I read the Bible, what I want to do is I see it on there, I think about it, I write it down, and it helps me retain it so that I can share that with someone else. And, and you know in, in Christian ministry or just life in general, how many times you read a scripture, and all of a sudden, sometime, either that day or the next day, what you've been reading, what you've been studying, shows up in a conversation, and you go, I was just reading I was just reading about that. And I know they think those are preacher stories. I get that. But it's true. And you write it down so that you can go back and say, this is what I was feeling. This is what I was dealing with. This is what I was going through. I can tell you the joy about the day each one of my grandchildren were saved because it's in my journal. And, and I go back and rejoice over those things. I really like what you were talking about because yours is, is your, your technique is a little bit of a hybrid. Like for me, um, I, you know, I get up at 5.15, 5.30 in the morning, you know, get a shower, a cup of coffee. I've got a spot I always sit at. And um, mine changes. Some days it's I'm going to – I may be reading through a book and I want to read a little bit of a chapter. Some days it's I'm going to journal. And I'm just going to write down. I'm just going to be. These are some things that have been going on in my heart, in my head, some some you know things that are going on. And then some days it's j- just straight scripture. And I've got so I've got a notebook that's just journaling, and I've got a notebook that um, is just scripture. And then I've got you know a book. But the way you do it, you kind of combine all that, and I really like that because it's it's it is a journaling. You know, a lot of people say you know to journal just to get stuff off your chest, but for you, it's great because you're not just getting it off your chest; you're placing it in the, the lap of the Father and saying, "Let me give this to you." Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: we know we have things in Scripture because God ordained men and women, and, and the Spirit has in, in, instructed them and inspired them to write. That's why we have scripture. We have stories of great Christians because we go back and read their journals of what they were going through. You know, all these men and women that God has done incredible things with, we know their heart when they were going through it because they revealed their heart by writing it down. Whether or not anybody reads mine or not, or you sell it in a yard sale, doesn't matter to me. When I'm gone, I'll be in well, heaven anyway. And digital, you know, people, well, I do it digitally. Well, that's fine, but there's a there's a two issues with that for me personally. I'm a history buff. We know what happened in these specific instances because we have the paper. If you keep your journal, you know, when I first started with computers, we had floppy disks. That's right. Um, you got a floppy disk you reader? Might, you might have, later on, you're going to have to explain to somebody <laughs> exactly, what a floppy yeah. disk is. We'll show you a picture someday. But the, the thing is, the technology changes so much. Well, I'll save it in the cloud. Yeah, but the cloud wasn't a thing three years ago. Or it may not be a thing in five. And it's – you have to um, – but this paper – it becomes and, and also on top of that, 
the process of creating the letters by actually writing is proven to actually help your brain to remember what you're doing. Yeah, and, and you're talking about your mom a minute ago. For years, she was like, I can't journal. I can't sit still. And all that's probably true. Uh, she was busy. She has a life of her own, that kind of thing. But about three years ago or so, uh, while we're recording this, she lost her mom and her dad two weeks apart, mm-hmm. uh, one during the COVID and one, uh, I'm convinced, of a broken heart. And she has struggled and still struggles at times with that. And she started journaling right before that because as she was going through that process, she would read the scripture. She would pray for her family. She'd pray for her grandchildren. She'd pray for me. I don't read her journal, but every once in a while she'll say, I'm going to show you what I've written down, and she'll read it to me. Or she'll tell me something, hey, I was just praying for you this morning, and here's what I asked the Lord for you. And she will read her journal to me about what she's praying for me. Now, as a husband, that's that's that you, you can't express how exciting that is to know that you're being prayed for, but also she's writing it down. Now, like I said, I like I like an ink pen. I, I like um, I like a fountain pen. If I don't have a fountain pen, there's certain kind of ink pens I want to go with. Okay, I know it's weird, but that's it works. My wife, your mother, uses pencil. I don't know anybody <laughs> uses pencil. Uh, and if I use a pencil, it's got to be super sharp, and that takes forever for me to stop about every six lines and sharpen it again, so I cannot use a pencil. She does, and it works for her, and she just and she does it all in cursive, and she writes it down, and she prays, and she reads Scripture. Hers is different than mine, but what's really neat is when we have those opportunities when we're together, she's on one side of the table, mm. And she's doing her time. I'm over on my side of the table, and I'm doing my time with the, with the Father. Uh, it's just really a wonderful thing to know that we're both doing the same thing separately but yet together. All right, so uh, for the remainder of our time here, let's get into some practical, some brass tacks here, all right? So stuff like when you're reading Scripture, do you read through the Bible? Do you read it in the same order? And uh, what version do you use? Okay, that's a good question. Um, one of the things is, I, 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 I'm not a proponent in reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation because Leviticus is in the middle of it that. It is so hard. <laughs> and it's it's just, let's just and face then, it. And then, and then you get to Deuteronomy, you're like, I just I read this. I just read this. Well, where did I read this before? <laughs> and most people give up and they get into Leviticus. So I don't, I've not read the Bible completely through like that. Many times I have, but the version, uh, well, let me say this. Reading the Bible through doesn't make you a stronger Christian. It is something that, as a Christian, you can say, I've read the Bible through. I think that should occur. Uh, the first time I read the Bible through, I read snippets from various places. I didn't really have a reading plan, but there are plans that you can use. Like you read a psalm every day for you know six months. You read a proverb every day for 30 days. You read this New Testament and some Old Testament. But you, you're intentional and you read it through that way. So I know uh, I know I've read the Bible through multiple times because I've been able to keep up record-wise, but I've read the Bible through in, in various versions, um, and, and I, I've read it several times. And part of that process is anytime a new Bible version comes out, I want to research it and look at it and see what's out there. My reading one uh, probably is New American Standard right now. Uh, I've read New American Standard uh, through a couple of times. But I'm also moving back to the New Living Translation right now because I still work with students. It's about a seventh grade reading level. My study Bible, which is when I'm studying, not for journal, but studying for scripture reading or scripture teaching and lessons, I'm probably studying in an amplified right now Mm -hmm. because it helps and aids with the study. 
I think the best version of the Bible that you can that you should read in your quiet time is the one that you will read and understand. Exactly. There's no there's no one that is quote unquote better than others. There's a full spectrum that goes from uh, literal to paraphrase, and whatever it is that's going to spark your creativity, spark your interest, and get you into the word read. That yeah, I had a student. A true story. He made a perfect score on his ACT. Okay, all right, we all hate him. Okay, just let's <laughs> right, be honest. Yeah. I mean, this guy's yeah. super brilliant, and I love him to death. But he always read the message, which is a transliteration. It's a sixth grade reading level, but he's making perfect scores on his ACT. It wasn't until he was a junior or senior in high school that he moved to the New American Standard, which is eleventh and twelfth grade reading level. But he progressed to it. But you know what he did from the, when he was reading the message was he was creating a habit. He was consi- uh, setting up a consistent time to read the Bible. He set up his own time to journal the Bible. And he learned that through a version that most pastors wouldn't use. But he was a kid. He was a, he was a middle schooler and high schooler. And he got into that habit. Then in 11th and 12th grade, he moved to a, a more difficult reading level. But he still maintained that consistent journaling quiet time with God that he had set out. So I think that that's really what you need to do and set your time as best you can. If you're not a morning person, do it at night, but set it, guard it, take care of it. Uh, Your mom, even now I'll get up. She goes, why are you getting up so early? Oh, I got an appointment. And she'll, she'll may roll over and go back to sleep. Well, I do. I have an appointment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. (laughs) Not because I have to. Yeah. But because I get to. I'm the same way. It's like during the school year, you know, I have my routine where I get up at 5.15, grab a shower, grab a cup of coffee, and then I've got at least an hour before the kids start getting up and I have to start getting lunches together and that kind of thing. But even during the summer, I still get up at that time because by building that habit, yes, I could sleep in another couple hours, but by sleep, by building that habit, um, it makes it makes it so much more important. What else? Well, I'm just looking here at a couple of things, you know, and I said about guarding that time. Um, that that is just one of those special times, and to find that place. Like I said, I have two places: one in the spring, one in the fall, and that that sort of thing. I'd recommend that everyone have a place that that's where that you study or you read the Bible and you meet with God. I had a guy one time several years ago. He said, in his life, and, and this is what he did. He said, in his room where he did his quiet time, he had an empty chair. And I'm like, I don't even understand why you would have an empty chair, <laughs> but he did. He said. When I have my quiet time, I look at that chair and I envision Jesus is meeting with me this morning. So when I read the scripture, I envision Jesus and talk, Jesus talking to me. He's sitting there in the chair. It worked for him. Wouldn't work for me, mm-hmm. but it worked for him. Find out what works for you. If it's all scripture, read all scripture. If it's a if it's a, a, a devotional, read the devotional. But make sure scripture's in there, and then open and close in prayer. Because once again, it's a given, but. If we don't say that you need to pray, people think we're not covering it. So you need to pray, you need to read, you need to journal. And then here's the other thing, act on it. Take it out with you. It's one thing to have in your head, but move it to your heart so then it can go to your hands and your feet. Once that happens, it changes us from the inside out. And it's not the preacher on Sunday. It's the Jesus on Monday that you met with in the Word. That's exactly right. So the great practical advice, great thing. So as we finish this one out, tell us one more time, your mantra of stay in the Word is that if you will get into the Word, the Word will get into you and it'll change your life. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Check out wewerethinking.org for more episodes or drop us a note to info at wewerethinking.org.